What's going on everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Dad's Game Podcast. This is Johan here as always. And do check out my Twitch stream for more Legends of Rundera related content. And with that out of the way, let's get into the topic of today. You really see it. And let's have a good discussion about the power levels of Grand Plaza. Now, ever since Cosmic Creation was released, there were people talking about Victor, and then some people were talking about Zoe, and then some people were talking about what's the last champion? Victor. Yes, Victor. By the way, Victor is nothing more than a weaker version of Heimer. Then it can be up to debate because the keywords that Victor can get can range from something as ridiculous like Spell Shield, a 1 mana Spell Shield, all the way to getting Fury, just like a Raylan Soul. But today we're not going to talk about Victor because Victor doesn't really deserve an episode on his own, right? No, I'm just kidding. I'm just saying what's on my mind. Because Victor is just kind of meh. And so let's look at Grand Plaza, you know. Because I've been playing this uh, brand new season ever since the brand new season was started. I initially did a limit test. Actually, not really a limit test. Let's call it a unit test. Because as every time there's a start of the season, I would like to try out Exodroni. Because this is something which I've learned over the years when it comes to card games. Always try out one deck. Always try out the one deck that you're most comfortable with. And so I play Estadrani. And so from this testing that I've done during the first, I would say the first day of playing it. I didn't start playing on Thursday, I started playing on Friday. And so as you guys watched on my Friday stream, I actually played the majority of my games on Estadrani. I don't see what's out there. Because when you play Estadrani, and if you win the majority of your games, you know what does that mean? It means that we are still in the mid-range meta. Because when it comes to mid-range decks, nothing beats Estadrani. And so if you were to play Estadrani, and you're going to have a good time, you'll know that, you know what, the meta is heavily favoured for a mid-range one. Because Estadrani, with the force swipe mechanic, is the ultimate mid-range killer. Everyone knows that. And let's say you were to run Estadrani, like myself, and you face multiple combo decks, multiple control decks, you face tons and tons of aggro, tons and tons of Driven Ezreal, tons and tons of yeah, feel the Rush, Anivia, whatever. And then you see yourself struggling, so you know what that meta will turn out to be. That meta is not a mid-range one. The meta is heavily towards combo and control decks, with a little bit of aggro being splashed in because we all know that aggro will always be a part of the game. And so from my unit testing, I realized on my first day, that within the first 4 hours of me playing Legends of Runeterra for the first time during this season, I came to the realization that there is one card that changed everything. It is not other than Grand Plaza. Let me explain. You know when I'm playing Estadrani, I always have a good time destroying all these the master decks. Be it Fioration, be it Standard Scouts. You, you guys get what I mean. So when it comes to this kind of meta, when I'm expected to win almost all my games, which I did because Estadrani always beats every other mid-range deck, together with Grand Plaza, there just seems to be a way in which the advantage that you had as an Estadrani player is no longer there. Because no, no doubt you can stabilize the board. You don't run any form of uh, removal when it comes to landmarks. When it comes to that turn, they can drop something and they can buff and challenger. And then you just look at it and thinking, you know what? In the past, the master didn't have that, you know? You have the choice to block, you have the choice to do whatever you want. But now they can force the combat. And highly likely, if you do not have Ice Archer or you do not have... Uh, Harsh wins in your hand. It's gonna be a rough time, especially with the plus one plus one buff together with Challenger. Unless you have Ash on board and then you have another one in hand, you can cast Frostbite from it, right? But that seldom happens. The strength of Estadrani is during your turn. 
No, during your opponent's turn, where, where they were to attack, you can choose to block. You choose not to block, because most of your 5-5 blockers will block into it. But now with the plus 1 plus 1 buff, it makes their incredibly weak creatures slightly stronger. With the ability of duel on the spot. And that's something which is very troublesome. I remember quoting on my stream when I faced this Grand Plaza. I was saying, you know what guys? This Grand Plaza thing might be a little bit too strong because in the past when I played S to Johnny against every other form of the master, it always feels like an auto-win. But now with the infinite bannerman together with the dual mechanic together, it just feels that the advantages that S to Johnny once had is no longer there anymore because they can force unfavorable traits. And for yourself, you choose to block because you already know you have forced by hand, be it Brittle Steel, Harsh Winds, and Ash Champion Spell, which is Flash Freeze. And now they can force it without you having Freeze. And that sort of evens the tide of the game, right? And so that's something which came to my mind when I thought about it. When I look at Grand Plaza, within the first day, it came to my mind that I had to play something that's Grand Plaza related. If not, I'm going to get steamrolled by every other deck. Because when we look at the other decks, apart from Esodrani, they all have a terrible time against Grand Plaza. No deck is able to deal with infinite plus one plus one buff along with dual. And even if they can play something that removes Grand Plaza, those decks are not necessarily incredible, right? We look at a not-so-incredible deck, but everyone loves it. I have no idea why, as you're driven. No doubt, I've played this deck, the very first version where they included Progress Day, the very, very old version of Azure Draven back in... I can say it's easily six months ago. Yes, I was playing that very old version of Azure Draven. The one which, uh, what's his name called? Alan ZQ, he unleashed onto the meta. Yes, that version of Azure Draven. I did like that deck. It was very iffy. I might as well just play Azure Karma, right? Yeah, that's the whole point. And so Azure Draven isn't that amazing, but because they run Scorched Earth, give them, them a much better chance at playing against Grand Plaza. Apart from that, no other deck can deal with Grand Plaza, right? And so, after the end of my stream, I just thought to myself, you know what, Grand Plaza is pretty damn good. Can you imagine if I didn't run Astrojani on day one? I'll probably get steamrolled by just one card alone. Because before Grand Plaza, the Master was sort of a very predictable deck. What they play is what they get. There's no tinge of randomness apart from Swifting Lancer, which generates a Demacia, which is sort of predictable, right? You sort of know what your opponent's going to do. If you're Russian, always has the same line of play. Nothing has ever changed. Unlimited spells for River Shaper. Shun levels up. Let turn 9, they drop Bright Steel, Protect Bright Steel Formation, and that's about game from there. But now together with Grand Plaza, it just feels a... It's an added layer of power. I remember way before the expansion was released and they showed Grand Plaza, the first thought that came to my mind was, this card is so powerful. Even re even without looking at every other combination of how this deck can, play, can be played, the first thought that came to my mind was, this was probably one of the biggest mistakes. I'm pretty sure I said it in the last episode as well. Because when it comes to Grand Plaza, no doubt the plus one plus one buff together with duel, you basically are forcing your opponent to duel all the time. And the funny thing, and the good thing about it is that, you know Challenger as a mechanic, it is very predictable. When your opponent plays Grand Plaza, you know that he's probably gonna balance out the board because that's how the master plays. But now in Grand Plaza, you sort of know that you're about to get destroyed, about to get streamrolled if you don't play any form of removal. There's absolutely no interaction to Challenger at all. And not just Challenger, they get a Battleman buff on top of that. And the stat line of the master creatures are amazing, right? We all know that. And so, the no interaction with Challenger is actually something which uh, I've been saying tons of times. But now together with the buff, and it being infinite if you don't get rid of Grand Plaza, it feels kind of, okay, I'm going to lose eventually. You know that kind of mindset when you go into the game where you see what your opponent is doing, or maybe an unfavorable matchup. 
it just gives you the effect when you see Grand Plaza, you know. Because I've been on the one playing Grand Plaza, and every time I draw Grand Plaza, you know there's always a smile on my face. Because I know that I'm going to win the game 100% of the time. There's no way I'm going to lose. And it's pretty true. Unless it's a Grand Plaza mirror, then it will be slightly different. You, if you guys watch my stream for the past three days, I managed to hit Master yesterday, which is... No, two days ago, I hit it on Monday. So it took me around Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. Around four days to hit Masters. The first day was limit testing together at Esodrani to see how the meta will turn out. And then the next day, I played a combination of Garen A-Soul. Sunday, I played a variation of Garen A-Soul. And then on Monday, I took around three hours for me to clean from Diamond 2 all the way to Masters. So that took me slightly around 10 hours of total gameplay to hit Masters. And so when I look at it, the only time in which I experienced this kind of smooth Master transition was during the Heimer Vi period, where not coincidentally, LNZQ uh, created a Heimervi deck. I net deck it. Within three days, I hit Masters. It reminds me of the way Heimervi is played. There is actually no counterplay to it. It's an incredibly good deck. Like, no doubt, Heimervi versus Heimervi, the better player will win. But sometimes it doesn't come down to that, right? Whoever has Heimer wins the game. And so, this is the same comparison I'm making for Grand Plaza. When you're facing a deck that's Grand Plaza and you are the one running Grand Plaza, it's sort of a mirror match, right? And it always comes down to this. Whoever has Grand Plaza wins the game. This is a sad fact. If you ask me about Grand Plaza, I'll just tell you straight. It's a bit of it too strong. It is on the levels of Heimer and all of its support packages around 5 months ago. Whether it's a good thing or not, I can't really say because the win rate of Grand Plaza might be high based on my understanding because I don't think I lost less than 20 games on it. And I got, I think I'm sitting around 75% win rate. Because there's one guy on my chat, he was telling me that my win rate was really high on this deck. And I just think about it and say, you know, the, for the Masia itself, I have a pretty good win rate. Beat Scouts, beat Mono the Masia, I mean in the past. But not in Grand Plaza, it just feels extremely powerful to the, to the point where uh, the moment I draw Grand Plaza, there's no way I can make a misplay, I can make a misplay anymore. Because the ball is in my court, right? I have the ability to challenge my opponent every time I draw a creature. So that means my opponent is always on the back end. He is waiting for me to make a play. Meaning that he's the one playing catch up to me. And that's the situation what in which Grand Plaza has a strength. Because you have unlimited challenger together with your creatures being stronger than his at all phases of the game. Be it turn 4, turn 5, turn 6. And no man, not to mention Grizzard Ranger becomes a 4-2 with Grand Plaza on the board with a challenger. And when this get destroyed, you summon Badger Bear, becomes a 4-5 and you can destroy anything again. Together with the Scout Mechanic. You know what does that remind you of? It reminds you of the pre-nerf Grizzard Ranger, right? So I just listed out basically everything that is wrong about Grand Plaza. And so, another way that you can stop this Grand Plaza shenanigan is other than Hush. But Hush is only limited to Targon, and there are not many good Targon decks. There are one, there's one good Targon deck that comes to my mind, which is... It's not really a Targon deck, by the way. It's the Mist Raves Targon. They just play 3 Pure Cascade. They don't run Hush, right? There's no room for Hush. They're just a full-on aggro deck. Another version of Hush can be played in a Lee Sin, Lee Sin Z or Lee Sin Zoe. The new flavor of the month, which is Lee Sin Zoe. No doubt they play Hush, right? But it is so costly to just cast Hush on something that your opponent dropped. No doubt you can protect Zoe. But it's a minus one from there. Because the player who played that card can choose not to attack at all, right? And then this comes down to the point of Grand Plaza. It forces your opponent to react all the time. No doubt they can be the aggressor. Let me give you another example. You're playing aggro, right? And then you face a Grand Plaza. Being the aggro player is supposed to be proactive, constantly 
trying to chip in damage to, cook to close out the game. But then due to your opponent playing Grand Plaza, you, your elusive minions, be it the Nimble Poro or all that Draven stuff, they can easily mitigate all the damage through the, what's it called? Solari Sunforger. Yeah, that, that brand new card. That card is not overpowered. I just think that Grand Plaza is the card that provide, is the most problematic out of everything. And so that's the big reason why every deck is sort of playing catch-up to Grand Plaza now. And that's the big reason why if they nerf Grand Plaza, I can just tell you that has to happen. And so let's look at the decks that are being paired together at Grand Plaza. The first one is Scouts. Scouts used to have... No, Scout always has a good time. But now together with Grand Plaza, it just became an incredible time. They can no doubt sacrifice their turn 3. Their turn 3 can be quite important in the form of Misfortune. But you can offset the tempo of turn 3 by developing Grand Plaza. And then you drop 4 mana Grizzard Ranger. Or in a better case, you have Swell Mana Reserved. And then you can drop Lightning Strike. Lightning Assault, I think. Together with Misfortune. And then you can do all sorts of shenanigans. On turn 5, you get what I mean. And so this adds, adds a new whole new level to Scouts, making it incredibly powerful. No, no doubt, Scouts was always has been a great deck, but now in Grand Plaza, it just feels that it takes it to a whole new level. Three new variations of this deck has also been created, such as the Leona Diana version and the Leona ASO version. But the one in which I've been playing was the Garen ASO version. All four decks that I mentioned, the Scouts, Garen ASO, Leona ASO, Leona Diana, they all play the same few cards. Maybe on the exception of Diana because they include Remembrance and a bunch of spells to really put into... Actually not Diana, Lux. Sorry, oops, I just said it wrong. Yeah, basically Leona Lux. Gives Lux the ability to generate its final spark as soon as possible. A lot of sparks. But the Garen Aso one is the one which... Uh, really has a good time against every other deck because no doubt you have Garen which together with Grand Plaza enables you to challenge and no doubt you'll be able to level it up pretty quickly. Because in the past, when you drop Garen, it's usually a 5-5 and it doesn't really trip well to anything. But together with Grand Blaster, it becomes a 6-6. You can challenge anything you want. And then you can definitely strike once because it has Challenger. And so that's the big reason why Garen is seeing more play because of Grand Plaza. And when it comes down to ASO, on turn 10, you drop it together with Grand Plaza because it's like 11-11. Meaning that it's one step closer to reaching its level condition. And from there, you can challenge anything that your opponent has because the body of 10-10 together with Spell Shield. Oh, no doubt, 11-11, sorry. You become a 12-12 if you destroy something. Or maybe a 12-9, you know, you get it. You destroy something, you take damage. And that's the big reason why Garrett Aso is so powerful today. Because of its ability with Star Shaping, the British Solaris Sunforger and all that. Making it a deck which can play throughout the entire game. Early, mid, late game. Making it one of the premier decks today. I do see a lot of people adopting this deck because it does require some uh, thinking when it comes to playing. So maybe some people will still choose to play Driven Ezreal, which is a meta adaption where people have been doing. Like no doubt Driven Ezreal has been a mainstay in this meta for the past month. It is a deck which doesn't really have a bad matchup. It is just sort of there. Doesn't really do anything. Because it plays out like every other deck which includes Captain Falcon, right? You just play a bunch of cheap minions, you cycle through your axes, Draven is the main engine, Ramage here, Ramage there, and then eventually turn it comes, you close out the game with Captain Faron. If Captain Faron doesn't end the game, then you drop Ezreal and that's about that, right? It's about GG from there. And that's the thing about Draven Ezreal. Because he has scorched turf, that's a big reason why you encounter it. But then when we look at any other deck apart from Ezreal Draven that can include Landmark Remover without hindering its ability to play out its strategy, there's no other good deck. Maybe Soraka Tamkench, but Soraka Tamkench is not that great against 
the Masya. Maybe scouts, but everything else is sort of fizzles. You can't really Tamkench can't really devour any dragons without getting destroyed itself. The ability of ASO gives it supernova, falling combat to get rid of Star Spring, which is its main convenient condition. It doesn't matter how many cards you draw, right? If your Star Spring doesn't resolve, you're pretty much game over. And a big reason why Landmark Removal isn't played as often is because Apart from Star Spring and Grand Plaza, I don't think that any other landmark is that game-breaking, right? Cyber might say that Targon's pick is incredibly powerful, but it is a very RNG card because no doubt you run some 2-cost, 3-cost cards in your hand. No doubt there's a chance in which you low-roll and Targon's pick discounts something cheap. And so that those, cards, those kind of cards are not reliable. That's a big reason why landmark removers are not played at all because you're only targeting two, two types of deck. The Master deck or Targon deck with Star Spring. And there's only one deck that can play Star Spring, which is Soraka Tamkench, unless someone thinks of a brand new way to play it. And so, when you think about the cost-benefit analysis, there's no reason to run landmark removers at all, because it's either the Masya or Soraka Tamkench, which is seldomly played at all. And now that we say that Grand Plaza is overpowered, some people are just forgetting that there are also other overpowered cards in the game, which has already been in the game for so very long. I don't think overpowered is the right word to say it, you can also compare, okay, I have a list of cards, which I'll probably talk about in the next episode, but let's just go over it, right? There are certain overpowered cards in the meta. If you were to nerf Grand Plaza, then why are these cards not nerfed yet, right? So the first card that comes to mind is Go Hard, a card on its own which sparks a lot of controversy because of its ability to cycle through the Go Hard decks with Twister Fate, making it a 1 mana deal 5 to everything, which is very hard to come back from because they run cheap minions, they're able to do cheap damage, glare draws and all that. Do you think Gohan needs to be nerfed? Another card, Feel the Rush. This card has been on the on the chopping block for a very long time. Does this card also need to be hit? How does it compare to Grand Plaza, right? That's a question. So you guys need to think about it before I publish my next episode. And also the two package, the Targon package. The two classic cards. Are these two cards overpowered? Pale Cascade and Guiding Touch? Because they sort of replace itself, right? The whole point of playing it is to cycle. Are these cards overpowered? How do they compare up to Grand Plaza, right? The, the situation about Grand Plaza is that everyone's complaining about how strong Grand Plaza is. But what they don't understand is that there are so many enablers in the meta, which can be counted as overpowered. Because Pale Cascade and Guiding Touch, no doubt they're two mana. But people overlook the fact that they replace itself because it's a draw one. Isn't that overpowered itself? And there are two cards in which I've always thought, why haven't they been addressed yet? Gems. Gems are quite strong. But maybe they're not on the level of Grand Plaza. They're only good in the decks in which they can be played. But let's apply that argument to Grand Plaza. Grand Plaza is only good in the decks they can be played. And so how does that measure up, right? Funny? Have you guys ever thought about it? Honestly, I think gems are incredibly overpowered. Because it enables Lee Sin to become the OTK machine that it is. However, Grand Plaza together in the Masya makes it an overpowered machine as well. And so well, all I get to say regarding this episode is no doubt Grand Plaza is good. But if you were to nerf Grand Plaza, what happens to the other cards that I mentioned in those decks? Go Hard, Feel the Rush, Pale Cascade, Guiding Touch, the Gems Package. Will those, those cards overtake and become eventually the best decks in the meta? It will all go back to square one. So I can tell you all ultimately, every card, some cards, okay not every card, some cards are incredibly overpowered. You can't nerf one card without nerfing the others. And that's my point I have to make. You can learn Grand Plaza, but what happens to the other decks that include these overpowered cards that I just mentioned? Do those cards need to go as well? 
And let, don't let me get started on Ravenous Lock. Why is that card still a 1 mana deal for? And so this is some things that I want you guys to think about before I release my next episode. It's quite thought-provoking. I want you guys to think. If you think Grand Plaza is so amazing, then what happens to the other cards in the meta which are also equally amazing, right? So think about it and let me know. Either drop me a tweet, or you can talk to me on Legends of Runeterra itself. And that's all I have for today's episode. And I hope to see you guys on the next one. And that's... Game.